on this Feelman and Hooley We Tackle Life podcast. <laughs> you know, we just didn't think like that. And so for me, um, you know, it's give me cable and let me have my own gym. That's the only thing I ever want in my life in a house is my own gym. That's all I've ever asked for. That's all I put in every one of my houses. I don't care what the floors colors are. I don't care what the fixture. I mean, she's she's talking about fixtures that she saw in one of these houses. And I, You know what my question was? What the hell's a fixture? Yeah, probably. Exactly. <laughs> I want to make sure you get fixtures and uh, other things in your house, of course. But you got to have the home gym because without the home gym, we won't be getting any more entertaining videos. Man, you are taking over the web with your entertaining videos, Mr. Spielman. Uh, I, I don't know about taking over the web, but I think, you know, my goal is, I mean, I know obviously like NFL guys, it might give them a reminder. I mean, they're NFL guys, right? But there's yep. a lot of young high school kids out there or even high school coaches that, you know, think about these things, or maybe I should go, I'm sure they're all good coaches. Maybe I should go back and look at, instead of using a form when I'm taking on a block, using your hands. And I hope what I'm doing, I think my goal is, because I know that I want to keep them short to keep people's attention, right? So I hope that um, I'm being detailed enough, yet uh, easy enough for them to, to pick up and just say, hey, might want to think about this little point here. So, well, I, I don't, I don't want to crush your, you know, goodwill for uh, football mankind, but I think the overriding purpose your videos are serving is to humor people and give people a snippet of uh, laughter and entertainment at a time where there's a tendency to you know, be fearful or anxious or whatever, because your videos are, I'm sure they're chock full of good football fundamentals, but they're also very funny to watch as you you tackle, as you tackle your daughters and offensive linemen in yoga pants and things like that. (laughs) Good morning, everybody. It's a Wednesday edition of the Spielman Hooley. We tackle life podcast. Glad to have you with us. Get your nominations in to get uh, $100 to someone who is in need from COVID-19 cutbacks, Email them, SpielmanHooleyPodcast at gmail.com, which is the other headline off of your uh, home, uh, I don't want to say shenanigans, but your home activities. You are putting up for sale a lot of really cool memorabilia. Tell the people why. Tell the people how you came to that decision. Well, back when you and I uh, talked about how what we can do, right? I mean, if we're... If we're going to walk the walk, then you and I better be willing and able to talk the talk, right? And I think it's a lot of it is um, what I say is what I am. And so I've always tried to um, preach. It's easy to give, um, but it's more difficult to sacrificially give. And we talked about this when we tied the church or, you know, it's easy to throw five bucks or 10 bucks into the basket or the collection plate or whatever you guys have or mm-hmm. whatever we have. But can you do something that, you know, you might have to make a little bit of adjustment on or that you might have to earn or, or work a little harder so that you can give it, give it away. Um, so I think sacrificial giving is something that I try to practice when I can practice it. And I was talking to, my daughter Macy and she asked me what I was doing with all that um, stuff and I said well I'm going to sell it and then we're going to use whatever money we make from it and hopefully provide 
some relief for some people that have hurt, been hurt by the COVID cutbacks. And she looked at me, but that's, you know, your stuff. You earn that. It's pretty cool. I said, yeah, but, you know, Mason, if I'm going to tell you to sacrificially give, then I better be damn sure I'm the first one that's sacrificially giving. And so I have credibility, right? Yep. And and for me, um, I mean, that Madden jacket meant a lot to me. Yeah, the, if really you haven't is. seen it, folks, there's an eBay link up for a all Madden team 1994. It's a such a cool jacket because the logo is across the back and it's got a leather helmet on it and everything about it just screams the kind of player you were and the kind of player you dedicated yourself to being an old school football player yeah. in a new school NFL. So I thought to myself uh, in, in along those lines, so how, you know, how can I do this? And I said, you know what I have, I have the memory, like nobody will ever take away from me uh, the, the, the meeting time that I had with John Madden. Nobody will ever take away from me the, uh, uh, the the honor that he thought I was good enough to be on the All Madden team, and remember, I played in the height of John Madden as yep. by far the greatest analyst to ever live, in my opinion. And I also uh, know what John Madden stands for and who he is as a, a man. I actually re- received a phone call. He watched one of my games as an analyst and and gave me a pretty good review. And I thought, oh my gosh, well, what I I always had that. And I don't need a material thing to remind me of that I was a John Madden, all John Madden team player. So I said, okay, and I know that people would appreciate it. And I think they would think it was cool and that it gives them an opportunity to help somebody else, right? And so it's like, you know, they know their money's not going into my pocket. They know their money is going to go into what you and I have tried to do through our, our podcast was to reach out and, and help people in a time of need. I mean, and here's the one of the biggest lessons I learned in the cancer fight and in uh, any fight that when we, and I talked to you about this many times, I don't know if I talked on the show about this or not, but you know how people, Bruce, you do this because you're you're one of the nicest human beings I know and a mm. giving man. When we say, if there's anything I can do to help, uh, I made the mistake of denying people because of my pride the opportunity to help and serve me. By denying them, I also denied them the opportunity to serve God. And that was very selfish on my part. And so I thought to myself, well, if I put this memorabilia up, not only will the money go to those that can really use it in a tough time, but it also gives the people that have the means uh, to purchase such items to serve somebody else in a time of need. And what a blessing it is not only for me, but I think more importantly for the person buying the item, it's a, it's a blessing for them because their money uh, that they have is going to go uh, help and serve somebody else. And by serving our fellow man and woman, we are serving God. Yeah, and there's a lot of options on the table here. You know, as we hope to grow this uh, giveaway effort and we take every nomination and we put the name in a hat 
and then we draw out of the hat so that it's even. We're not trying to prioritize one person's need over another person's need. We trust all you guys to give us, uh, you know, truthful nominations, people who are genuinely in need, like this gentleman who emails us from uh, Mooresville, North Carolina. Uh, his first name is James. I'll uh, keep his last name secret uh, just for reasons I think that it'll become apparent. He says, I love your show. I'd like to nominate my niece. She recently got laid off from the staffing company she works for, and she's been having trouble getting unemployment insurance to be deposited into her bank account. Any little bit would help her right now. Uh, she was raised in a Christian home. completely fallen away. I'm not sure if she's ever had a relationship with Christ. Pray for her salvation. My hope is if she wins, she may listen to your podcast, and God can use your faith moment to impact her life. Uh, if it does, fantastic. Uh, but these are the kinds of people that have been laid off. They are waiting on... Uh, this assistance that's coming. There's a lot of red tape involved with that. It may not show up at the right time. Every $100 helps. Um, and so uh, Chris has got this ball rolling. I'd like to see companies contribute. People can contribute via our Patreon page. We're going to give away every cent. I promise you that. Um, if somebody wants to buy one of Chris's items, and I've seen this happen at auctions, and I'm not telling people to do this. I'm saying this is an option. I've seen... Guys buy things at auctions, go for big prices, donate it right back, and auction it again so more money can be raised. However this works to bless people is uh, is what Chris's heart is on this. It's what my heart is on this. Yeah. And we are uh, just happy to have this platform. We're happy to have people who click on our podcast and listen to it for whatever reason they listen to it, for the NFL talk, for the entertainment talk, for the chemistry between the two of us or for the faith portion at the end. We're just honored that you give your time to us, and uh, we want to give back to you. So well, the give, us, give us nominations is, yeah. to do that. Yeah, and you keep putting it out on Twitter. I'll keep putting it out on Twitter to get people to, to listen and also to um, you know, donate if they can, but just to, to nominate people. And it doesn't have to be people in just central Ohio. It nope. can be anybody, anywhere. In the country, but the coolest thing is, you know, because of this um, eBay action that we're taking, you know, we're going to up it to a thousand dollars a week. We're going to wow. do a thousand dollars a week, and I'll let you, because I go back and forth on it. Do you want to do five names at two hundred dollars, or do you want to do? 10 names at $100. Yeah, let's talk about that off air. We'll figure that out and uh, okay. and go from there. I'm trying to get uh, this effort out to guys who cover the NFL who'd be interested in this. I think everybody in the content providing business right now is looking for content. And uh, so I'm trying to help this go out, not to get uh, our names in the spotlight, but to get no. more, more people helped and to get more people yeah. who have – the means to help, to be motivated to help, and to say, I, I'd like. To, I think there are a lot of people who'd like to help. They don't know of anybody who's in need. Maybe their circles are such that they don't circulate right. with people who. And so this will be an avenue where they can find people in need and say, Look, I'll just give the money here, and you guys give it away if you're getting the nominations. So we really hope you all will nominate somebody. I, I find it hard to believe, in spite of what I just said, that the people who listen to our podcast, that most of you don't know one person who could benefit from a little extra cash at this time. So please, if you haven't nominated somebody, and I mean the lion's share of you haven't, please nominate somebody. 
We want to uh, yeah. just nominate them and say, don't read my email on the air. That's all you have to do. I, I won't read it on the air, but we'll put their name in the hat. Yep. And we'll go from there. Okay, let's switch to some of the uh, sports content that we have. Uh, the NFL draft is coming up, and uh, Adam Schefter was on uh, Sports Center with Scott Van Pelt, uh, and Adam uh, apparently is uh, none too happy that the NFL draft is coming up. Here is uh, Adam Schefter on Sports Center with Scott Van Pelt. And we all hope that it happens, frankly. We all want that back. We all want to see the days where we have that distraction of football. But OTAs, that's not happening. The off-season program, that's not happening. The draft is happening only through the sheer force and determination and lack of foresight from Phil Franklin. I mean, they are determined to put this on while there is carnage in the streets. I don't know if I'd say there's carnage in the streets. There's certainly concern. Uh, New York City is a different uh, dynamic than many places. Uh, and New York City's situation is very dire, and it's uh, it's uh, heart-wrenching to watch. But uh, you and I have talked about the welcome respite that any kind of sports news gives us right now. Uh, Shefty covers the league. Shefty's passionate about football. What do you think of his commentary? Well, I think our, our, our view of this... Uh, I, I don't know if Adam lives in New York or not. Uh, I have no idea. Obviously, uh, I have a very good friend who uh, was in New York and actually took his family to Baltimore. Uh, I'm not going to say his name, but he c- connected with the NFL. And say you live in South Dakota. I did a radio show in South Dakota last night. I think your view in South Dakota is different than your view from New York, right? Mm-hmm. Because they, they are in the middle of it, right? They're one, the hot spot, I guess, and along with a couple others in our country. So their view of what's going on is different from the guy that's in Oklahoma or, or Oregon or even Ohio, maybe. I don't know. Their view might be a tad different. And so I think the NFL is of the mindset that look we can still do this and we're not being insensitive by doing it we're just giving somebody uh, a chance to look the other way for a while so i certainly understand uh adam's angst i really do and i sympathize with that uh nobody wants to see that but i also can have a complete understanding of why the nfl is doing what it's doing I just think, from my perspective, Bruce, that the NFL thinks that it's doing the country a service and not a disservice by having this draft. What I would like to see, personally, is uh, seven rounds in seven days, mm-hmm. you know, and, and put it on TV. on Because uh, you said, like, ESPN and, and NFL Network are starving for content, right? Yep. So why not put that on TV and you, and you can, you know, maybe if it's okay, send a reporter to each one of the headquarters, which are all temporary set up headquarters for drafts because nobody's going to be at their team facility. Because I think, you know, maybe our listeners don't know that Roger Goodell said if one GM in one organization is not allowed at its team's headquarters, then no GM organization is allowed at its team headquarters. So I understand both sides. Um, I just think that for me, 
I, I understand Adam's angst, but I, I think it, it, for me, I'll watch it because it gives me something different to do and something that I'm interested in. Yeah, I, I just here's the thing. Adam had Dr. Uh, Tom Mayer, uh, NFL PA medical director, on his podcast, and they were talking about OTAs. And Adam's initial comments where he's like, that's not going to happen. Well, no, it's probably not going to happen. I think, look, spring the end of spring practice has not officially been canceled at Ohio State. But we all are pretty certain it's not going to happen. You know, we don't think players are coming back on campus. We don't think they're going to be practicing. The spring game has been canceled, but they haven't said, you know, that guys won't be back on campus May 1st and have a, a later spring practice. I think... You can, you can know something in your head without it officially being done. And I'm sure when it gets to the right time, the NFL will do it. I don't feel like the NFL is insensitive. Being located on Park Avenue in New York, I don't know how they could possibly be insensitive to what's going on with the COVID-19 situation in New York City. I just don't think that right now they, for whatever reason, feel the need to just say, we're not doing this, we're not doing this. The time will get here when they will be able to say, we're not doing this. And I do think the draft is something that they can do safely within the uh, guidelines recommended for safety. And right. I think people will welcome it. I think it'll be huge ratings because there's just nothing else right now. Now, Jeff Pash, who's uh, uh, one of the top guys in the league, uh, has made a comment recently. I saw on Clay Travis uh, talking about it on his Fox Morning Show. Uh, Jeff Pash says, we're pretty confident we'll be able to start on schedule, meaning the season on schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't feel like that's a misplaced comment right now because there's plenty of time to reexamine and reassess that at a later date. Well, I really think that we're going to make tremendous strides in what we're dealing with uh, as far as coronavirus those like the more time we have obviously because of the brilliant minds and innovative people working on this that they're going to make bigger strides i i don't think we're going to be completely back to normal until there's a vaccine now i could be wrong i'm only speaking from what i read i'm like everybody else right i'm a guy keeping up on the news and and trying to trying to discern what's going on but you know, I know that we're probably a year away from a vaccine, but I, I wouldn't, I don't want to put limits on anybody. Who knows? Somebody mm-hmm. may come up with something different or there's something treatments or, or whatever the case may be, or better testing or better predictions. And so I, I just think like you, Bruce, that it's too early to tell what's going to be what. I don't know if they delay the a season or if they start on time. I I don't think OTAs are going to happen. Uh, I don't think they're necessary. You know what I mean? I mean, mm-hmm. I, I my whole career was played without OTAs. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, you know, you might want to maybe extend training camp for a week or something like that. If you start a week later or start two weeks later, I just think there's too many unknowns. But I'm actually seem to be. For whatever reason, maybe it's because it's it's more of a wanting than uh, based on anything uh, that I know. But I I'm optimistic that you know there will be a training camp and there will be college football. We talked about this where uh, Herbie said he'd be shocked if there's an NFL season or a college football. Right. Uh, I I 
right now, and I hope I'm right. This is just not. This is just my feeling. I'd be shocked if there wasn't a college football season. I, I would be it. shocked yeah. too because I just think that's a boy. That's a level of uh, disaster nationwide. That um, I don't know. I, and I think I do think there's a factor of this. Is what what are people's patience for putting their life on hold? I think right now we're all willing to pull together for a month, two months, maybe three. I don't know if this gets into the fall if people will have the patience for that, even if they should, even if they should have the patience for it. I don't know. Right. Uh, no, here's I, uh, and the, both sides have arguments, by the way, too. Yes, know? they do. I mean, so. All right. Here's uh, here's an NFL note. This is interesting to me. Uh, Tua Tungavaloa has been cleared medically. We talked the other day about J.K. Dobbins and J.K. Dobbins not being able to run at the combine go work out with teams, go visit with teams in person, and whether that would help or hurt, and we decided it would hurt him, but he's got enough good on tape. Tua certainly has enough good on tape. But with Tua's hip injury five months ago, uh, he would be able, I think, to more uh, comprehensively answer questions about his readiness to play in a 2020 NFL season if he were able to go and work out for teams. Can they do enough with him on video and in the current way teams have of scouting guys? You're going to be nervous about him anyway because he's had a couple lower body injuries. But you loved Tua before his injury. You loved him. Yeah, I did. Uh, how would you view him now getting cl- full medical clearance? Cautiously optimistic. Because <laughs> I would want – you know how that works, right? I mean – Tua has his doctor clear him. Yeah. Right? You know, yeah. and and but I want my doctor if I'm if I'm Rick, for example, or if I'm I'm sitting up in, in Cleveland as a general manager or Mike Brown or or whoever's making decisions with the Bengals or whatever, I yeah, that's great that your doctor clears you. Uh by the way, since we're playing cards, yeah, pass the deck. I want to cut before you deal. <laughs> you know, I mean it's just yep. that's just the way it is, and I think it's that's one of the things that a a team who's interested in drafting Tua has to evaluate, correct? And is it, you know, your doctor says it. I can see on film, but, you know, and I'm sure they'll send all the, the CAT scans and MRIs and any other type of medical information they have on a hip injury. But still, your doctor, you, I would want my doctor to tell me, hey, Chris, you can draft him. Yeah. That's how I see that. But I think he's going to be drafted because quarterback is such so difficult to find, right, Bruce? It's it, it's in constant in, in search of. Remember that old Leonard Nimoy TV show, In Search Of? In Search Of, yes. In Search Of a Quarterback. Everybody's in search of a quarterback. And that's why we have guys that are very capable players, very good players, guys like Case Keenum, for example. That's why Case is going to be on a team no matter what. That's why Nick Foles uh, is going to get the Chicago Bears, for some reason, are going to trade for Nick Foles when Nick Foles got beat out by Gardner Minshew. Yep. I, I mean, it's just that position. And so I think Tua is in, in a very good position, to be honest with you. And I think he's very smart in putting out his workout videos because I can promise you any team that's interested in drafting Tua 
are going to look at those videos up and down. And the more videos he puts out and sends out, I think that helps to his case, not hurts it, doesn't hurt it. Uh, please review the podcast on iTunes. It really helps us. Uh, we have uh, a nice review this week from the person who didn't give her name. It says, I can't compliment these guys enough. Uh, with their real struggles and real opinions and real faith, I'm praying for both of you that the Holy Spirit continues to do his work through you and sports to do his work. Thanks very much. Uh, get your review in. Put your name on it if you want your name read on the air, or you can obviously anonymously review the podcast. And again, $100 or $200 or whatever we're giving away on Friday to five people, we can't do it unless you nominate people. Now, we have nominees who have not won who you know fill the bucket with names, but we'd like to get more names in there. We'd like to get the person you know, you love, you care about. Get them in, SpielmanHooleyPodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget that Hemisphere Coffee Roasters is the official coffee of the Spielman and Hooley Podcast. And you can get 15% off when you use the promo code, in all caps, We Tackle Life. And Mr. Spielman, you will be having a package of Hemisphere Coffee Roasters coffee arrive on your doorstep very soon from our friends Paul and Andy at Hemisphere Coffee nice. Roasters. I told them you wanted the um, Jamaica Me Crazy. Make and, me crazy, yeah. And I told them that uh, you wanted a sampling of whatever they have in K-Cups. So you'll get more of the Nicaragua blend. Nice. But they buy direct from growers, and that way the grower gets more money, and the growers that they buy from then take that money and do very good things with it. They've planted 51 churches in Nicaragua. They've saved 70 women from human trafficking in Thailand. So when you support Hemisphere Coffee Roasters, you are supporting the growers directly, and you are doing mission work. So HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Did you order – hold on a second. Did you order uh, – did we also order coffee from Hemisphere? Like are you asking your lovely to? wife, Carrie, there? Yeah. Yeah, see? So there we go. The more I do this podcast, the more money I spend. The more it costs you. That's right. The more invested you are. That's the way to look at it. Not the more it costs you, the more invested you are. <laughs> oh, we tackle life in all caps. Get your 15% off. HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Okay, we don't have a lot of sports, but this might be the one time that a uh, contrived made-for-TV sports event will be welcome news across the country. Have you heard about the big golf match that's supposedly almost uh, completed and uh, almost firmed up to happen, Mr. Spielman? No, I'm excited to hear about it, though. Tiger and Phil, and you say, wait, they did that. Yes, but this time they're going to have partners. Tiger will be partnered with Peyton Manning, and Phil will be partnered with Tom Brady, they will observe social distancing guidelines six feet apart. I'm sure they won't be touching flag sticks or all that. But Tiger and Peyton Manning against Phil and Tom Brady, and the uh, initial reports are that they will be involving other athletes as commentators, no fans, and the, uh, the one name that's been leaked is Charles Barkley as on-course commentator. <laughs> I will watch that. Trust me on that. I will watch it. Uh, I want, how many guys out there want Peyton Manning's life and Tom Brady's life? Oh, man. <laughs> I don't know many who don't want that. Peyton Manning turning uh, down $20 million a year to do, uh, what, 15, yes, 16 games football. on Monday Night Football? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty crazy. Uh, NFL... nice, nice to have choices, isn't it? Yes, it is nice to have choices. Uh, Urban Meyer quoted recently on what... 
could be the top three picks in the NFL draft and what they have in common. Joe Burrow, Chase Young, and Jeff Okuda. Here is what uh, Urban Meyer said on uh, your network, FS1. Uh, I look at all three of them, and the number one thing they are is they're all maniac competitors. Chase Young, Okuda, and even Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow's skill set wasn't advanced because he was an all-state basketball player. But as far as fitting all five of those qualities, all five are right uh, perfect to a T, and obviously Joe went on to have two great years at LSU, one exceptional year, and he certainly fit that criteria. Uh, He says the five main traits uh, that he looks for in recruits, and I'm looking for them in the story because if they're not in there, somebody did a really bad job of writing this story. Uh, He says it's from, uh, he got them from Bill Belichick. So I'll read this quote, and hopefully they're in here. Something I learned from Bill Belichick is over the years he'd come in and spend an inordinate amount of time about not just the first rounder, but the free agent. He'd ask me question after question. He'd send me a list in the text message and say, hey, I need to see these five guys, these eight guys. And I knew exactly. Those kids knew exactly to be on time. He'd sit down. He'd talk to them. He'd talk to me about every one of them, never mentioning the vertical jump, never mentioning the 40-yard dash or height and weight, but if they fit the criteria. And something that we built at Ohio State, the recruiting misses that we had at Ohio State were almost non-existent, and it's because we came up with a very set criteria. Here they are. Number one, competitive mania. Elite competitor. Number two, is he tough? I don't mean pain and injury tough. Does he come off the field? Number three, is he a leader? Has he raised the level of play of those around him? Number four, is he intelligent? Can he operate the football? Is he? It's a very complex game. And number five, can he adapt? That means if he's a quarterback, when a play's broken down, can he adapt? Because at tailback, the hole's not there. you got to do something. Same right. on defense. If he's an adaptable player, you can do different things with him. So I would list those five characteristics above our signing board, and I would not allow a coach to put a name on that board unless they fit that criteria. I, I love it. And it's amazing when you have a system and a belief system and you have the ability and the luxury of being able to stick with it, which is an advantage of Ohio State. Every NFL team has that. Not every college team has that. Would yeah. you agree? Yes. There's not the luxury at Indiana to say, well, this guy hits three out of the five, but, man, can he play? Put his name up there. Yeah, let's go get him. Well, there's only so many of those guys, and it stands yeah. to reason Clemson, Alabama, Ohio State are yeah. grabbing get, get, all of them they can get. <laughs> So that doesn't so leave many for anybody else. <laughs> that lessens the pool. Yeah. Sadly uh, for sadly that. for Adam Schefter, it's not leaving many for Michigan lately, it doesn't yeah. appear. I uh I certainly I love that. And it's the best thing about it is Urban recognized the power of Ohio State so he could create a Bill Belichick type list because he has the luxury to choose those guys. Yep. Not everybody has that luxury, but from what I've watched and what I've heard and what little I know, those three guys uh, are absolutely uh, fall under that criteria of those five things that Bill Belichick wants. It's, I think for that, even especially, Bruce, the, the quarterback position. I, I mean, you know, you know what my number one physical attribute is, is the, is the ability to uh, – throw the football accurately. Mm-hmm. Now, the other the other things I want is a guy a winner. Has he won? 
is Joe Burrow's one in high school? The answer is yes. Is Joe Burrow one in college? The answer is yes. And, and that tells me that the chances are higher that Joe Burrow will win in the NFL. I mean, he is a winner. Yep. And that's just what that is. That's who he is. And so I know that Urban looks at that and that obviously if you watch Joe play at all this year, he's extremely competitive, extremely competitive. And the bigger the game, the better he played, which was exciting for me to see because that's something that not every athlete has. They may be super talented, but when the lights are on in the biggest moments, LeBron James back in Cleveland, yep. the Boston Celtics, yep. they with him. Now, LeBron made up for that. Yes, he did. Wrong, but <laughs> but not only once for us, unfortunately, only <laughs> once. But you and I. Are but it was a sweet game. once. Which, by the you way, they're replaying it. that on ESPN. They're re- you could watch the Cavs come back from 3-1 down against the Warriors. It wasn't sweet. It was agonizing. Yeah, for, for your Warriors. That. No, no, no. I'm talking about when LeBron... Mm, mm, maybe I'm not not so much tonight mm. uh, against the Celtics. Yeah. What, what, oh. <laughs> so that that's my my thing, and and I don't know Jeff Okuda. Um, I know that he's a corner. I know how Jeff handled the question at the combine. Yeah. I know I know that he's any corner that I've known uh, that's been successful at a high level, and that includes a high college level. And in the NFL, uh, is they might be the most competitive guys and the most mentally tough guys on a football field because it's kind of like a baseball uh, player, right? If you're batting 300 in baseball, you're considered excellent, correct? Yes, you are. And so for a corner, I'm not saying batting 300, but you're going to get you're going to get beat. I mean. And, you know, you're, you're going to get uh, – and there's no place to hide out there. And in the stadium, when you get beat, everybody knows you got beat. Yes, they do. Right? <laughs> and so you better be mentally tough to be able to handle that. And I think Jeff uh, has that mentality and that personality. And I, I remember specifically texting Urban about Chase Young. And he raved about Chase. And I think – see, but I think Chase has – potential to become even better than he is because I think he can add to his repertoire of pass rush skills and, and I think he's going to need to I think in college it was a lot speed and that's going to serve well, him well at the NFL yeah. Yeah, yeah athleticism I would say of the three of them Burrow Okuda and Young now listen closely people I'm not saying any of the three of them will be a bust I think they'll all be really outstanding NFL players the two I'm most sure of, so if you'd say, well, which one, if you had to say which one's the riskier pick, I think Chase Young's the riskiest pick of the three. I don't disagree with you. I'm that, con- I'm that convinced on Burrow and Akuda. I I would go Akuda then Burrow. Not I would, only, too. I would, too. Only, only because of the uniqueness and the difficulty of succeeding at the quarterback position. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, there's only, there's a Russell Wilson, right? There's a Patrick Mahomes. Uh, give me another elite. Brady. Rodgers. Breeze. And Rodgers. Okay, Breeze. That's five. Yeah. Now, there's 32 teams, yep. right? And I can go through and name you 25 pass rushers right now. Yep. Right? 
And so, but I do think if I looked at that checklist at all five, I think I would check every box for all five, but my pencil markers would be deeper and darker on Joe Burrow on on those because of what he was able to do. And it was easier for me and you and every other fan to see those five qualities highlighted throughout the season because obviously of the attention given to Joe Burrow and Joe Burrow shining in the biggest moments. Yeah, and this is not to say that Every player doesn't no, need not, not no. doesn't need every doesn't need other good players around him. But the the thing with a quarterback is a quarterback is more impacted by the players around him than a cornerback is or a defensive uh, end is or pass rusher is. You know, a quarterback you can be great, but if you don't get blocking and you don't have anybody who can catch it and you don't have anybody who can make keep the defense honest running the football, you know, you, you're not going to succeed. Uh, well, and but it, you can sometimes those yeah. guys can lift other guys. I mean, Brady has done that a lot, but still Brady needs you got to protect him. Yeah. And Andy Dalton had no protection last year, but the Bengals have moved through free agency and with getting Jonah Williams back from last year's draft and, you know, whatever they're else they're going to do in this draft. I think they've I, I'm I'm impressed with the Bengals offseason moves. You know, they've they've yeah. done a nice job. Well, and they need the missing piece and that missing piece is is Joe Burrow. I I don't see them moving out of the number one spot. I think if I'm them, I I probably, uh, whenever the time is right, start negotiating with uh, Joe's people as soon as I can, to be honest with you, and what he's going to be able to do. And the fact that, you know, putting the franchise tag on A.J. Green uh, spoke volumes to me of who they're going to draft, right? I mean, how great would it be for Joe Burrow to have a wide receiver like A.J. Green. Yeah, uh, and don't forget Tyler too. Boyd. Tyler Boyd's a really good, well, too. Tyler Boyd is one of the most underrated players in the NFL, in my opinion. I I think he's – I don't – he's really, really good. He's not A.J. Green, but he's a solid, solid number two receiver, like reliable guy, you know. I mean, teams would love to have a guy like Tyler Boyd. And I he's, think too, he, he's really, really good. I, I really like him as a player. Always have. I love. I loved him at Pitt when he was coming out of Pitt. I think there's so little sports news out there that we're going to see this speculative: Are the Bengals going to trade the pick? And you know, they could get Tua if they traded with Miami. They could get Tua five. I'm going to tell you something: The Cincinnati Bengals, as you just said, have to have a quarterback. And there's two in this draft that I'd be comfortable moving forward with, Tua and Joe Burrow, and I'd be more comfortable with Joe just because he's never been hurt like Tua has. I would not want to trade any lower than two because I'm not sure what Washington's doing. And I don't trust the other 30-some teams in a league not to trade in front of me if I'm five. People who say, well, the Bengals can trade down with Miami and sit at five and get Tua. No. Uh -uh. No. No, there's no way. There's no way you risk that. There's no way. I I would never do that. I would never even think about doing that. I don't care what other quarterbacks are in the back end. You got to go with the sure thing if you got the sure thing or the closest thing to a sure thing. Yep. And that's there's only two of those guys and only one and a half because of Tua's injury history. There's only one and a half and that's and and Joe's number 1 and Tua's a half a guy like that. So yeah, That's I mean, look, f- five years from now, we may say, boy, Justin Herbert or wow, Jordan Love. 
But right now, you make the decisions based on the right now and what you know right now and what your best estimate and investigative, you know, scouting tells you. And right now, you have to give an edge to Tua and Joe Burrow over Justin Herbert and Jordan Love or any other quarterback in this draft. No question. No question. People can like guys and they can come back later and say, well, I told you. Well, yeah, great. You told us. But, you know, you weren't the GM or you weren't picking the guy. And so it's easy for you to have that opinion in hindsight. Well, we've done that with Carson Wentz. Yeah. Uh, you're actually you're actually guilty of that. What oh do my. I what am I guilty of with Carson Wentz? Brown should have taken him. I'm more Brown. I, I, the one guy I wanted him to take, and everybody laughed. I said, take Russell Wilson. Not in the first round, but I said if he's there yeah. in the second round, take him. And I heard all the well, he's just short and all that. I said, all I know is. He plays behind the biggest, tallest offensive line in football, and I've never seen him get a pass knocked down at the line of scrimmage. Yeah. Conversely, Brandon Whedon was 6'5", and he got passes knocked down all the time. Some guys have a gift for avoiding that, and some guys don't. So yep. uh, tell me the difference between taking Baker Mayfield and taking Russell Wilson because they're both essentially physically, if you're wrapped up in the traits, they're the same kind of guy. I think Baker maybe has a little stronger arm, but, you know, Russell, leadership-wise, I'd take Russell. You can email the show, SpielmanHooleyPodcast at gmail.com. Remember when I told you a few weeks ago about um, an Ohio State trooper that I met outside uh, Value City yeah. Arena before the Illinois game? Uh, trooper Randy, uh, he has uh, emailed back. Trooper Randy Spiels is, uh, he might be the, he, nobody's questioning Trooper Randy's commitment to being a Buckeye fan, Okay. Because while I was emailing him, I said, hey, tell me your kids' names. You ready for this? Okay. Trooper Randy says, he has a boy and a girl. My children's names are Scarlett and Grayson. <laughs> Scarlett and Grayson. That's commitment. He says, "My, you ain't kidding. My wife and I are obviously Buckeye fans. He says, my wife works in the NICU at Riverside. Wow, bless wow. her heart. Uh, she said they are taking COVID-19 precautions there. I can't imagine being a new parent and having to go to the hospital in these times. The patrol has given us the tools we need to be safe. However, our best resource is ourselves as we stay close, not physically, of course, and connected to one another. We lean on each other to keep spirits high so we can be a calming presence for the citizens of Ohio. He says, I would awesome. love to meet Chris and shake his hand. Well, I don't know about shake his hand. Bump his elbow, maybe. Uh, obviously, once the social distancing enactment is over, I would love to pick his brain about fitness. I'm sure I could pick up something from him to better the cops and troopers I train, maybe even a good form tackle to help end foot pursuits. (laughs) He says, I was listening to Monday's podcast, and it reminded me of a Bible verse. You were joking with Chris about his Instagram videos, and I like Chris's response, saying he's using his platform to spread happiness. 1 Corinthians 15.10 says, By the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace which was bestowed upon me was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. He says, You are both using the gifts God has given you. You've both worked hard, and you both are not wasting that gift. This is something I reflect on as much as I can. How can I use my gifts to better others? He says, When I think of my day through that lens, I know... God is speaking to me and helping me utilize my gifts to better the world. Stay healthy and positive, Jeez. and uh, God bless. Great email from uh, Trooper Randy. I, I mean, that's awesome. And when this is all over, yeah, we'll we'll have a, a tackling session and a training session out at the Hinterlands. Well, I'm telling or, you, Trooper Randy is a well-put-together young man. 
Well, maybe maybe Trooper Randy can come to the torture chamber. I would think that would be better. That'd be better. Have <laughs> Trooper Randy come over to the torture chamber. He'd be tougher than now, that. He'd be tougher than that the, offensive lineman I saw you take on the other day. <laughs> the one in the yoga pants. I I tell you though, I I really, you know, I I do question sometimes like can I still play if I had to play one more game? Could I still play? And all these videos, the way I've dominated Carrie and Audrey and Gina and Kendra and Maddie, I know I could still play. I mean, I, I mean, Carrie's a pretty good running back. Yes. To be, be honest with you. But when I closed the gate on her, oh. her rear end went back yeah. into the side. Just keep telling and yourself Ma- that. <laughs> and Maddie, Maddie's as tough as they come. Maddie was borderline a dirty player in high school basketball. I think some <laughs> – she she just occasionally happened to step on the foot of the other center. That's all. She's either getting an edge or giving one. And, That's right. You know, Maddie wasn't as gifted athletically as Macy, who's the basketball player. But as far as grit and determination in a street fight, if I if I had to pick one of my kids, that's the one I take to the street fight. She looked uh, the most into the competition her. with you when you came through the front door. She wasn't backing I, down. Excuse me. I'm getting commentary from the couch over here of what I'm allowed to say and not allowed to say on my <laughs> podcast. So. No comments from the peanut gallery, please. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> uh, all right. We are uh, we have already transitioned into the faith portion of the podcast, uh, which we do every week. Uh, I've been hashtagging 56-day uh, thanks uh, as a kind of an observation of the fact that so much of this quarantine is attitude. And I was driving back from Cleveland on uh, Tuesday with my wife, Sherry, and the phrase came up, when things get back to normal. And that phrase just kind of hit me, and I said, you know, honestly, I'm not really that eager for things to get back to normal. I said, I like having our kids at home. I like eating brunch together on Sunday morning. Now, that won't continue because we'll obviously be in church when we're allowed to be in church again. But I like the family things we're doing and the fact that uh, my wife has joined me in committing to making this time in our lives a time where we look back and go, remember when we were quarantined and we did this? You're doing that with the videos. There's an opportunity here for you to draw closer to your family, for you to make a memory, a lasting memory, something good, to come from a challenging time. And so my wife and I, I told you Monday, we were going up to scrub the basement floors in a house that we own from my time in radio up there that we rent. Uh, the basement flooded on Saturday night. They got four inches of rain in an hour, and no basement can handle that. So we spent all day scrubbing the floors. And there was mud, you know, half inch on the floors. So the, the you know, the breakdown was, I've learned from Chris Spielman, got to have a game plan. So the yeah. breakdown was I'd take, uh, towels in a bucket, get five towels wet, wring them out. And then I would take the first layer of mud off the floor, get down on my hands and knees and scrub the mud. Uh, then I'd go wash the towels out, come back, do it again in a section of the room. Sherry would come along and do the finished mop with, uh, you know, some pine saw cleaner. We had a great day. We laughed. We had fun. Not a crossword between us. It was a great day. Um, we went to bed that night very tired, and our, our backs were hurting, but it was a, it was a good day. At 4 o'clock in the morning Tuesday, uh, my wife woke me up, and she was in distress. Uh, she thought she was having a heart attack or a stroke. Uh, she was blacking out. Her words were slurred. She was sweating. Uh, 
and it was it was a real mm. terrifying moment. I thought I was going to lose her. Uh, <laughs> we called the squad. The squad came to the house. Thank goodness. Um, thank the Lord. We prayed uh, for her safety, and she checked out fine. She started to feel better after they were there for about forty five minutes. Um, talking to a doctor friend of mine, we now think it was, there's a response your body can go into when a pain can, uh, intense pain, which she had in her back can trigger a response with in tandem with what we think was a physical reaction. She had to inhaling the, uh, fumes from the, from the pine cleaning stuff, yeah, the yeah. cleaning fumes. Cause she's had that reaction before when she was a lifeguard to pool cleaning chemicals. And the two in tandem caused her central nervous system to go into a shutdown phase, which wow. ma- which manifested itself. And this is co- this is somewhat common. It's called a bagel response, I guess. And um, your body then has like basically like a a backup generator to where when your central nervous system does that, your heart and your adrenaline and other things will kick on and will bring you back out of it. And that you feel like you're going to pass out. Sometimes you do, but usually you don't. But she was. She says, "I'm seeing splotches. I'm blacking out." And her speech was very slurred. I was terrified. Um, no kidding. And um, so she's fine. But it. My 56 day thanks. Uh, yesterday on Twitter, if you wondered why I thanked EMTs and the fact that we have 911. And I could call 911, and they could stay on the phone with me as she uh, was in distress. I'm just extremely thankful for people who put themselves and who are gifted to offer comfort, calm, uh, care. It is a gift they have. I'm not amazing. I'm not gifted with that. They have a gift, but having the gift is is not the best thing using the gift for others is the best yeah. thing so i am extremely thankful for the people who have a gift of compassion of kindness of generosity whatever gift you have that's a blessing it's a greater blessing if you use that gift in service to other people it's a it's a greater blessing for them and it's a greater blessing for you. People, I know Chris, you know, he can say, I have the memories, I don't need the memorabilia. The fact is he earned all these things he's auctioning. The fact is also he's going to have, you're going to have grandchildren someday. And I hope you keep, keep enough of this stuff you're auctioning for memories for your grandchildren. But Chris has the gift of dedication and hard work and being able to play great football and inspire teammates and all that stuff. But he didn't stop with that gift. He's using that gift now to put himself out there and to help other people. And you all have a gift. You know what your gift is. I'd encourage you to use your gift to benefit other people. The way the EMTs do, the way doctors are doing, the way nurses are doing, the way a lot of people in this world are doing right now is don't just hoard your gift. As Chris always says, what you give will grow, what you keep you will lose. 
And so I'm very thankful that I have my wife this morning. Our lives are somewhat back to normal, although yesterday was a weird day just because we were all shaken by what happened. And, um, but it, but it taught me, you know, that if what gifts I have, I need to give those gifts away. Yep. And you do. And, you know, I, I think you do a great job of doing that. And even, you know, the cool thing is to be able to carry on in the midst of fear, right? Uh, when you talk about the EMT workers or the doctors and the nurses, and, you know, one of the definitions, there's many definitions of courage. One of the definitions is to be able to use those gifts and put yourself in those gifts, knowing the dangers, yet without hesitation, you still go do your job because that's who you are and that's your gift, whether that's doctoring or nursing or anybody at a, at a hospital administration or anybody in the healthcare world, the um, EMTs included. They never know what they're going to go into and yet to be able to keep their focus, their calm, their trust, their training under dire situations is amazing to watch. And for you, I think to recognize and give the people the 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 just do that they deserve is is amazing. And so I'm just happy. I mean, you called and told me that story. We talked about this last night, you know, that it's scary, but there's also it's been my experience at least that you know, a year from now or six months from now, some of the things that happen are also, you know, you got to find humor in things too. Yeah. And there's going to be some humor. <laughs> yeah, go ahead and tell them the humorous part. <laughs> no, I'm I not know you're dying tell. to no. tell them. Go ahead no. and tell them. No, no, no. No, I'll tell. I'll tell them. No, how you uh, suffered some injuries on your. Yeah. So, <laughs> this is a weird thing. I mean, I would love to tell you that I was the picture of calm, <laughs> and that I was a rock. Okay. Um, honestly, you, I'm sure you were though, but what you, you know, well, certain was, parts you are other parts. You weren't, I was very calm until there were some things she said to me about, <laughs> about just things you'd say sure. to each other. If it's the last time you're going to have a conversation. Exactly. Exactly. And, um, that's why I don't want to tell this yet because it's too soon. No, it's not. I'll tell it. Okay. So I got, I got, uh, I I started having some of her symptoms. I started sweating and getting nauseous and all those things. And when the nine one one operator told me that the guys were at the front door and I needed to let them in, I went to the head toward what I thought was the front door, and it wasn't the front door. It was the wall to our bedroom, a wall to our uh, bathroom. And I walked right into a picture frame, shattered the picture frame with my chin and nose. <laughs> Fell down, hit my hit my chin on a chest that was underneath the picture frame, and took a big chunk out of my um, out of my chin. You didn't use my you didn't use my techniques. No, I didn't. I would lead with my head. <laughs> I led with my head. But, and I, I but I think I did have a, a helmet on like yours with no face mask. Otherwise, I wouldn't have messed up my nose and my chin. So these guys. So the funny part of this is, so I'm on the floor like bleeding all over the place. <laughs> And my my sixteen year old daughter goes to the front door to let these guys in, and I just picture what's in their mind when they come in. You got a woman in in bed who's like ready to stroke out, and you got a dude on the floor laying there with shattered glass all over the place, his face all covered in blood. 
They're probably thinking, what kind of fight did we walk in on here? Oh, I know. I know. Oh. Yeah. So. But everybody's okay. Everybody's God. okay. Yeah. And, uh, and I, you know, I, I'm not, I just, you're, you're going to find that. Thank God everybody's okay. And you guys were scared, rightfully so. But, you know, one day you're going to look back and say, dude, did it, did it ever occur to you to turn a light on? Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm. <laughs> We're already laughing, mocking my cool under pressure. <laughs> That's great. I'm sure your your girls are all very, uh, uh, you know, sensitive. Well, two of them slept through it. Feelings. Thank goodness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, two of them slept through it because I mean I didn't want you know the the and the younger ones, you know, yeah. would have been. Um, I don't want them to see their mom like that. So no, no, no. But Sherry's awesome, and um, we're grateful that uh, everything's going to be okay and. You know, things will get back to normal, which is not normal, but pretty soon everything will be back to normal. And that's getting out of this not normal from the other night. You're not even more more normal. So I don't know if that made any sense, but it did to me. Okay. And that's all that matters. That's but all here, that matters. This, <laughs> this, I, I'm just going to, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to add anything to that because your, your story of the first thing that you thought of when sherry was in duress was that both of you started praying yep which is really cool and so i am not going to add anything to that because that's something that is an example that i hope that i could follow if i was put into that situation so thank you for that um i'm not going to for a two-time state champion to run into a wall with his face is a little embarrassing but hey we'll all get over that <laughs> Apparently, well, I like to see I, I like to see your competition. If we're a two-time state champion, and I'm an athlete enough that I can't avoid a giant ass wall sitting in front of my face. So, but anyway, I hit we'll it. Go beyond that. And the glass shattered, and I went down. And I thought, I have a television. Well, first of all, you went down. That's another. Yeah, I know. That I, have. I know. I can't know. play on the ground. No, so. you. Can't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so funny. So I hit this. Uh, so I, all I know is I'm in the dark and there's glass shattering, and I'm thinking, "Holy cow! I just put my head through my TV." Oh. Now what am I going to watch? Yeah, Sherry's stroking out, and you're worried about what's up, oh. what's coming next. I just thought, what the in the time? world did I run into here? I, I can't top that story, so I'm not no. going to even try. Nobody that can. Was, trust you me. know what? Will you please write about that? Will you please? I mean, not Twitter, like do an article on that because that that's such a and, – and the fact that everything is okay, then you can talk about your your admiration for the EMT people and how they handled it, everything, and, and, uh, and how Katie responded. Yeah. You know? I mean, like Katie was pretty cool throughout the whole thing, wasn't she? She was. was she was pretty cool. Yes. Let's point out that my 16-year-old daughter was much more calm than I was. Well, I think you should write about that, dude. Uh, your your <laughs> gift of write. Oh, I'm dead serious. I know you are. Why, I know you are. I, I think it'd be great. I mean, it's fascinating. That whole story is fascinating. The fact that, thank God, everybody's literally, thank God, that everybody's okay. It it would. It's a great story. It's a great story. Now, it gives me much more ammunition than I've already got enough ammunition on you. But this even just yeah, you do. And you know me. As my wife likes to point out, I tend not to forget things, and we'll bring them up 15 years <laughs> later. This this one, 
I'll tell you, this one's in the holster for a long time. Oh, yeah. I, I gotta no, this one would never go away. <laughs> Uh, I will. I will tell you this. I'm not ashamed to write about it. I'm trying to figure out like what the application is, and, yeah. and once I figure that out, and I'll pray about that, and um, yeah, and I'm sure. I, I think it's 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 an awesome story. You're the best, man. You're the best, and that you know, <laughs> you are. Best. I'll take a picture of the chin so you can get even more delight out of the. Well, I'm I'm a little disappointed in you that you let a picture knock you on your rear end, and that that's. A little disappointed. Well, I was already. <laughs> don't forget, I was already like compromised by the fact that my <laughs> knees were weak and that I was sweating profusely and ready to throw up. So, <laughs> my my my, my weakness <gasps> had already compromised me. All, right, all it took was go. that was just like Boy. the finishing knockout punch. I know this man. If there's if the crap hits the yeah. fan, I know that. Uh, yeah, you know who not to call. <laughs> Trooper Randy's well, we never going to email the show again. I can tell you that. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to be seen with this guy. Uh, uh, that uh, just because everybody's okay and all that. I mean, that really that whole you just tell the story like that, and me, of course, thinking, well, what, what the, what kind of state champion falls on the ground <laughs> and has weak knees? Oh, wow. <laughs> well, we'll leave it at that. We will. You know, I, I might have to I'll, go back I'll, and I'll, heavily edit I'll, this podcast. <laughs> No, you can't because uh, that's real. That's what people connect with because you and I are uh, idiots half the time like everybody else. That's right. So, <laughs> so remember, folks, uh, the takeaway today is not just uh, my inadequacy, but it's it's Chris's generosity and our desire to help you all. Uh, and Yours help, too. And help those. Me. Yeah, hope to help those who need help in this time. Like we said, generosity is a gift. So uh, thoughtfulness is a gift. If you're thinking of someone who has a need, it takes you 30 seconds. Drop us an email. Podcast at gmail.com. Give us their name, just a sentence, and we'll put their name in the hat, and Friday we'll be giving away uh, $1,000 to people in need. Uh, go to uh, eBay and search Chris Spielman, and you'll find his memorabilia for sale, and every dollar of that will go to help other people. Yep. Um, and, and we're, we're going to keep throwing stuff up there until we're out of this, and we're going to keep helping people. Either the coronavirus is going to end, or, or I'm going to run out of stuff. So yeah. one of the two is going to happen. So. And keep, uh, and, and you know, if you're a company and you want to contribute, get in on it. We'll give you all the love and pub. We don't have a program director telling us that our live reads are too long. We'll we'll spiff you yeah. for a good long time here on the podcast. <laughs> so uh, thanks so much. Uh, I'm going to go put a bandage on my chin and. <laughs> And a cast on my ego. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was two-time state champion. Yeah. Look at me now. Lord willing, we'll be back on Friday with another edition of the Spielman and Hooley We Tackle Life podcast.